What's up, Drop Pod listeners? As always, you can listen to the Drop Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Pods. We're now on Amazon Music, Audible, and Pandora as well. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can also find all of our content on YouTube at The Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at The Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, follow and listen along. This is The Drop Podcast where we talk golfing. In the Garden State, I'm Mike Poro and this is Ryan Coolot. What's going on, everyone? Woo-wee! We got a good episode for you this week. Uh, Mike and I are both super, super, super excited for, for what we got coming at you. Uh, but before we get into it and before we get too, too giddy with excitement, we want to remind you to go check out flukeapparelco.com, get the polos. They're tremendous. There's no other way to, to put it. Summer's winding down. It's now September. Polo season's almost out. Go check them out flukeapparelco.com. Go get yours today. Next thing we want to kind of touch on. Since our last episode, the Ryder Cup picks came out, the captain's picks. We're not going to talk about them this episode, but uh, before the Ryder Cup, we're going to put out kind of a Ryder Cup preview on all things Ryder Cup. uh, From We'll talk about the captain's picks. We'll talk about matchups. We'll talk about format. We'll talk about the course. Um, but we're going to do that later this month before the Ryder Cup comes out. Uh, and the reason being is we wanted to s- kind of give ourselves as much time to talk about really the two things that we're going to talk about this week uh, on this week's episode. So, Mike, let's start with you. I think you got the, you got the more relative New Jersey uh, course. So I don't know if you know, but Mike was able to go play Pine Valley. Number one course in the world for the last however many years running. Number one course in America for however many years running. Uh, I think I saw something that from 2005 to present when I was looking it up. And I can't remember if it was world or America. But if you're doing anything for close to 20 years running, number one at something, you're, you're doing a pretty good job. So uh, we all know Pine Valley. We all know, you know, if, if, if you've heard of... You know, if you follow golf even a little bit, you know Pine Valley. Mike was fortunate enough to get out there. Let's talk about it. Mike, how was it? Yeah, I think it's one of those things that it's it's impossible to come up with enough amazing adjectives to describe that place. Um, when I had gotten the invite in the middle of July about playing at the end of August... It was one of those things like you just pray that you're in town when you're getting invited because like so many guests have come on here and said, when it comes to certain spots, you just drop what you're doing and you go. Um, And I knew that for me personally, a lot of August is family vacations. You know, my family and I, we kind of get going before school gets going again. We could like to get away, spend some time together, you know, where it's just the four of us and knock on wood, thank God, the date that I was invited on was a day I was home. And, you know, I think when you start thinking about Pine Valley and, and like you said, I, I, it was a number one or best golf course in the world, according to Golf Magazine, since 2005. It's been number one on Golf Digest's number one America's greatest, 100 greatest courses. And then the fact that it still sits here in New Jersey 
is another thing that I think is amazing and why we are doing this podcast. Because I think a lot of what you and I have talked about is when you talk golfing in the Garden State, there are just so many unique, amazing spots. And I think the aura and the amazing thing is that the number one spot is here in New Jersey. It's not somewhere else. It's not a different country. It's not a different state. Frankly, it's just a different county for you and I to drive over to. It's so wild that that's the case. It really is. So wild. So, you know, I think, I, I don't even know where you want me to start, but I think when I when we were driving over there, you know, the guys that I was playing with, we all went in one car, we drove over. And I think, the, you know, besides the member, the three of us that were all guests of his were like probably giddy. We're like little kids on, you know, the first day of school, excited to see all our friends again. And you drive through the gate. And I will say this, it's not like, it's not like you're going into this like blown out gated environment. It is like you're driving past a rural town. Like we passed Wawa on the road. We passed a water park on the road. You passed a railroad on the road. Like no, there are no signs. This is oh, Pine Valley's this way. You just know if you know where Pine Valley it's is. Like, where it's it like is. Tortuga. It's dude, a of the it, Caribbean reference. Tortuga. <laughs> you don't know how to get there unless you know how to get there. Yeah, dude. Because you're just passing normal, everyday things that we all see. You see the Wawa. You see the water park. You see the railroad. Like uh, it's all common things. And all of a sudden, you pull up to this little gate. You got a guy there that greets you. Um, and is it like Matita Conks? Matita Conk that says uh No, it's smaller. It's Dude, even it's smaller. smaller than that. Yes. There's there's no well, <laughs> Matita Conk has a sign, right? Matita There's no sign right, here. Right, it's got four letters on it, but it's still technically a sign. <laughs> okay. So that's way more than Pine Valley has because Pine Valley has nothing. <laughs> you just know to make a right at this at this place. Wow. And then you eventually get to this little hut where a guy greets you. Um and like anything, dude, I got my phone out. I'm I'm videoing it from from the back seat, um, and I think you get to the you know we got there, we get in, we you know we stop and park the car first. But the unique thing about Pine Valley is when you want to go to the range, it's a two sided range, unbelievable. Okay, again, you're hitting Pro V ones like the whole nine. It's all grass. You know, they're asking for you to take like straight line divots. Don't make, but don't butcher it up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, clearly I, I'm that guy that's not doing that. I'm trying just to like skull the ball so I don't take a divot. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you, you, you see, you'd have to drive your car to the range because this is like a little community that has like 18 to 20 houses in this community. And the only way you live in there is if you're a member, okay? I have no idea who lives in there, okay? I Do don't. people live in there, or are they just yes. houses like to rent for like... No, people you... people live in there. I think it's, oh. listen, probably a combination, but yeah. you and I are not renting a house to go in there. Right, right. No, I thought it was like, because, uh, again, cottages. comparing it to Matita Conk, like they have cottages, but nobody so lives in them, but like the okay. member guest is like the guests are staying there. Yeah. I thought it was that kind of thing. They have both. They have okay. both. Interesting. They have cottages to where you can stay if you're coming in from out of town. Or there's actual houses that people live in. Wow. Now, again, I don't know if they live in 12 months of the year, but there's people that live inside the community of Pine Valley where the golf course is located. Okay, interesting. And so you either take one of the vans that they have to the range if you're parking your car, or you can drive to the range. 
So the guest, the, the member drove us to the range in his car. So we got to see a little bit around where like the houses were, different cottages were, and got to really kind of experience the whole little community of Pine Valley. And then when you get to the range, it is like, like the seas just part. And you got all the golf balls in the world. You got, you know, lines and numbers to everything. You have um, alignment rot. Like everything you can think of is on that range. Okay. And the one thing that I was surprised about, because I think when you think Pine Valley, you're like, oh, no one's going to be out here. It's just going to be you, the caddies. That's it. There's tea times jam-packed from 7.30 to 10 o'clock. Wow. Non-stop. Every 10 minutes. Bang, bang, bang. And it tells you like who the get who the member is. And, you know, this is their times all the way through. So it was kind of cool when you when we got back into after hitting balls, you know, we drove back up to the pro shop and, and you got to walk around a little bit in there. And you got to see all the members' names, you know, what time they were playing. Um but, you know, like, it's old school. It's not this big, big modern building. It's a small little pro shop. It's, you know, we, it's a small little area for, like, the, the bathroom area the, where the, the people greet you when you walk in. The caddies are, have their own little spot. But, like, I'm going to guess it was, like, a director of outside operations type person or a caddy master that was there to, to get the bags out of the cart after we got done hitting balls at the range. It was just incredible, just like the beginning, because now you're all excited. Like, now you're all excited. Like, I, I had to ask, like, are we even allowed to take pictures while we're out here? Can I video some, you know, just take videos while I'm out here? Obviously not do anything while I'm playing. And, you know, I got the okay. Um, so I did get a ton of pictures. Um, I didn't really share them on social media because one of the things that I kind of wanted to be respectful of not only the member, but the golf course as well, without just like blasting everything out there. Um, but again, when you get to the putting green, Rye, it's like this little dime. It's like a little dime that has like five different locations. It's not this blown out Pinehurst-like huge putting green. Um, where it's just, where it has, you know, it's it's a apartment size you know correct a thousand square foot uh not even not even pal not even so you roll a few putts and kind of right next to the putting green is the first tee and what i thought was you know one of the coolest things on the first tee and i sent you that picture where it has the tee marker and that sign that says no mulligans yeah like you're not hitting a second shot. Like, unless you hit it OB or you can't, like, that'd be the only way. But, like, you're not taking a, a Florida breakfast ball off the first tee. Yeah, that's wild. Which I thought was so cool. It is. Um, and that sign was so, like, uh, there's something to be said about, like, the, like, smallness. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, the... Just a, a little detail. The little, Right, like, the little detail of... It's a tiny sign that just says no mulligans. And it's just like, mm. like that's just a cool um, nuance is the word I'm looking for of the place. Like you said, it's yeah. a small, quaint little pro shop. They're not like blowing it out extravagant. They're just like, our golf course is the best in the world. And that's what you're here for. You're not here for all the pomp and circumstance and frills of a 
you know, a four floor pro shop with, with thousands and thousands of items. No, you yeah, it get was. your shirts and, st- and stuff like that, but we're, a, it almost seems like it's a no frills kind of place. Listen, yeah, it's, and I don't mean no frills cause I'm sure it's top of the line. I'm sure the service is top notch. I'm sure they knew your name. Like the, the outside operations guy was probably like, hello, Mr. Yeah. Hello. I got a bag tag. Did you? Yeah, with my name on it. Are you saving it? What do you mean saving it? I'm going to keep it on a bag so I feel like I, I'm a somebody. You're not a memorabilia guy, so I just, you know. I, yeah, listen, I'm not a memorabilia guy. But like everything in life, there's exceptions to rules. <laughs> Something that says Pine Valley and has your name on it. Yeah, you keep that. The reality is you're, the, mo- the majority of us are lucky if we get there once. Yeah. So if I get something from there, yeah, like you can bank on it. That thing will be on the golf bag, and I'll awesome. act like I'm a somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, so leading up to the to the first tee, you're you're now, all nervous. And- hold on, before you get to the first tee, did you do any research before? You know, there's like that argument yeah, of come like, come on, dude, come on, do you, come on, do you do? Because I'm currently on Google Maps right now, looking at the course, and like, did you do any homework of like, okay, this is the first hole, or this is the? Did you do any of that kind of stuff, or did you fly kind of blind to it? No, there's, there, I am doing as much as I can on everything. Yeah, okay. I like to go in there prepared as if I know everything. But I, I watched the video on YouTube. There was like probably five or six videos I watched the night before. I was reading everything about it. Um, did you watch did the not, match with, uh, with what's I, his that, name? That I did not watch. The first, I know you're Deschelles Wonderful World of Golf. Like yes. I did not watch that. I did not watch that. Um, okay. And I did not watch, I did not go Google Maps on it, but I watched probably five YouTube videos. I must have read countless articles, but that's on top of everything we've already know about the place. Like, cause right. we hear the stories, we see the pictures. Um, so like a lot of it was just like kind of reinforcement because I, I'm not going to go in there in a the first hole and be like, oh, it's a par four dog leg, right? Like I just got to hit it. Like I, there was that part of it where I wanted just to kind of experience it while I was out there. But I wanted to at least familiarize myself with the place a little bit, a little more so. So, you know, I, I think more than anything, you're nervous as, you know, so you're more than, you're nervous as all hell. You know, I can't retee one on the first hole. You just want to get the goddamn thing in the air. <laughs> you know, you're not smashing driver because it's a dog. We played... We play what are called the member tees. There's two tee boxes really there. You can play um, the members tees, which is, if you, people don't know, Pine Valley is a par 70, okay? Um, has only two par fives, one on the front, one on the back. So we play what are called the regular or member tees. It's just under 6,600 yards. It's a par 70. So it's probably... Uh, a, are there only two tee boxes? Because I saw something that said championship and members. Like when I was, when I was doing some my own research for this, I was looking and there was, it, it only had, it said championship was like 7,100 yards or something like that. And then members, 6,500 yards. Or again, so, like whatever it was, par 70. Yeah, I think, I think, God, that's a great question because from my recollection, it was only two T markers out there. So, but I don't that know would, when, that would be I don't know when women said. play though, when women play, if they put a third T box out there, or what the case is, but I only saw two T markers. One was the regular or member tees that we played, or you could go play what are called the championship tees, which again, it's still only a par 70. It stretches out to over 7,200 yards on a par 70. The rating is 76.6. 
on a par 70 yeah with a slope of 155 so now my, my next question and maybe you don't know this do women play there yeah oh yeah they're members so members. there's women, women members. members yep yep so yep. maybe they play the members tees and it's just a, instead of 76 it's an 82 they're, with a slope of 191 yeah, I, I doubt it because then they're probably not going to have fun but i i there are there are definitely spots where you can have different tee boxes Okay. And no offense, there might have been a third T marker out there. I just didn't see it. Just couldn't see it. Yeah. Well, I really is, wasn't looking. Right. And maybe is it the kind of place where like they look at the T sheet and go, okay, no women yeah. today, so we're not going to put out the T marker. Possibly. That could be yeah, as possibly. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Because they know who's playing and who the guests are of who's playing. Yeah. Because even like you know, like obviously you, when you get your bag tag or when I bought something at the end of the day in the pro shop, it said like my name and stuff on it. Um, so like they kind of knew awesome. who 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 I was. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, listen. So to kind of think about the golf course itself. Obviously, the first hole is a dogleg right par four. I'm not going through every hole with everybody because I think we would be get beyond bored here. But I think you're nervous as all hell on the first day, and I think we all had those jitters before. And if you don't, maybe you know you you once you play a new spot. But I'm at Pine Valley. Maybe you're not human. <laughs> yeah, I. I like to think that I can play golf, but I hadn't played golf since probably a good 20 days before playing Pine Valley. I'd been on vacation, so like, and I hadn't been playing well before I got here. I shot 84 the last two rounds before playing there, so mentally I was a head case. And all I wanted to do on the first tee was get the ball in the air. You could have been playing well and still would have been a mental head case. Yeah, well, I, I, all I want to do is get the ball in the air on the first tee. I'm like, dude, Mike, don't embarrass yourself. Just get it in the air. Whether it goes way right or way left, at least it got it in the air. Well, I can't lie. I get up there with my three-wood, and I absolutely strike the thing right down left side of the fairway. That a boy. Right? That's what strike I'm talking it. about. Right in the middle, right left side of the fairway, like, looking pretty. So, I get, you know, we thankfully, we had caddies out there. One, I will say this about one of the caddies. Dude was 85 years old, former Marine, carrying a single bag up and down these hills. Um had told me he'd been caddying there since Harry Truman was the president of the United States. <laughs> and I give that Frank, uh, Frank was the man. Um, there's zero chance Frank is listening to this um, because when I told him about a podcast, he had no idea what the hell I was talking about. But <laughs> I will say this, when Frank said something or when Frank read a putt, it was a simple yes, sir, every time out of my mouth. Yes, sir. Okay. I will do my best. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> But to wrap up the first hole, so I stripe it in my eyes right down the middle, left center of the fairway, and I got maybe like maybe like 175 yards up a hill a little bit here. And, you know, I'm thinking like, all right, dude, we're just not – don't make double on the first hole. It's what you never want to do, right? Don't make double on the first hole. Correct. Yeah, of course. So make a long story short, I hit the second shot absolutely dead left. Can't miss it left. I make double bogey and I start the round. So that was a, that was a rough, great start. Awful finish to the first hole. But so I make a double on the first hole. And to make a long story short, I, I shot 82. I went 41 on the front, 41 on the back. It was it was a uninspiring golf round in terms of how I played, but that was irrelevant to what was going on. And I and right. I think when I think a lot about that golf course. Hole number five is one that really stood out to me on the front side. And and I, when I've seen pictures, there are just so many of hole five specifically where you have so many 
bunkers along the left-hand side. It's probably like a 225-yard par 3 up a hill. So it plays a, a little bit longer than that. The green is kind of like perched up. You have more bunkers on the right-hand side. You have a little water in front of the tee box. So if you top it, you're dead. And I think just looking up this hill and looking at this hole, the colors were phenomenal. The view was great. Um, and I thought that was one hole on the front nine to me that really just was like, wow, super cool. Um, and it just was like, wow. It was like, it was like, it was like a wow hole. Is that a little island green? You got to cross a bridge there, it looks like, to get to it. On the left-hand side, though, yes. Yeah. But you're thinking, you're thinking about the one on the back nine where you, had to, where you crossed a bridge. Okay. So I, I, um, I, I just pulled up Google Maps because I want to I try to like... Yeah, so number five, it, there is a, it's more like a walkway on the left-hand side if, if, if you're looking at it. I don't I have see Google it now. Maps Yeah, other side up. here. Um, so that's the fifth hole. So after the first hole is dogleg right. Do you take like a long walk to get... Because no. it looks like there's some other... I just walk down a little bit of a hill to the tee box. But two's also... Listen, two's cool too. Two's another hole that I'm sure there's a gazillion pictures on where you're kind of looking up a hill. It goes up a hill and it has nothing but bunkers all in front. Yeah. It's a picture that we've seen so many times all over the place that when you're thinking about like Pine Valley pictures, this is one that you always see people... Um, putting out there because when you're kind of looking up a hill and you see nothing but bunkers it's it's like super cool it's I, every time i pull it up on on you know golf.com or golf digest you you see it there it has three little kind of pot bunkers on the right hand side of the fairway yes i hit it right in there um but just looking again up this hill was like just magical um and I, and I, you know, as you're playing throughout the round, you know, you're just taking it all in. Really how I'm playing becomes irrelevant. You know, I'm not really, all I'm trying to do is not embarrass myself. Um, and I think for the most part, you know, shooting 82 isn't the end of, you know, end of the world. So I, I, I was happy with that aspect of it. But I think one of the things I took away a lot from Pine Valley is, and I don't want to say this and make it sound like it's taking something away, but it reminded me a lot of Pinehurst number four. So for the audience that has played Pinehurst, I'm not, I'm not talking number two where they play the U.S. Opens and things like that. It had a lot of, it made me think a lot of number four because it had the pine trees. It had the needles. It had the tons of waste bunkers. It had, and, and it's funny because I'll give you this, right? I like this. Pine Valley, everything is considered a bunker, not a waste bunker. So I got to stand corrected. But interesting. But there are no rakes. You smooth it out with your foot because they look at it like as a hazard. So you're not always going to get the greatest of lies. So there was one time where I ended up in a footprint on I want to say the ninth hole in the bunker, and the member says to me, he "Goes welcome to Pine Valley." <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, I should I sh I can't even get a decent lie in the bunker." But for the most part, it was it was they were good. But yeah, was so it like a no... footprint that like someone had smoothed over, and it was like, okay, this was yeah. a footprint yeah. at least. Yes. So like yes. at least you yes. have people that are doing a good job of like smoothing out their stuff. Because yeah, that's... doing out doing the best job they can. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I do. I wasn't a smoothed out footprint. However, right. you want right. to find that. Right. At least it's that. not some like dinosaur footprint that. Right. Know. Yeah. Um, 
So it made me, and then I, and then I had random water throughout the throughout the golf course where it was like, oh, I didn't think a lake would be here or a pond would be here. I shouldn't say lake, a pond would be here. Um, but just walking the grounds, I think of that every, and every hole was different in terms of like what I was getting. Some greens were, were dime size, like the tiniest, the tiniest things I've ever seen. And then there was other greens that were huge. And then there was times you'd look at a fairway and be like, dude, you can't miss it, right? And the member would be like, no, there's a lot more room, right? I'm like, where? Like, you can't see that. And then you'd hit one right and you're like, oh God, that's in the water. You're or in, the, in, the, in the woods, you're not finding it. And then the caddy would be like, safe. And you're like, how the hell? He's like, oh, it's much more wide over there than you think. So that was just absolutely incredible. The prestige about that place. And then when you walk up 18, dude, you got in the background, you got the flagpole that has the American flag on it. You have the Pine Valley logo flag on there. Um, it just was absolutely incredible. It's one of those days that the guests that I went with, were, we kept saying over and over to ourselves, like, this is a day that we've been looking forward to for so long. Let's make sure it just doesn't end. Mm-hmm. Let's just make sure that we're here as long as we possibly can. Um, you should have brought me. We could have been there another 100 shots well, longer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was kind of crazy because by the time we finished the round, we were treated to some lunch. And I had asked a lot of people that I know who had played that place before me. Yeah. And they said, you got to get the turtle soup. Now, if you know me, I'm not big on trying things or going outside my comfort zone. Like, I like <laughs> what I like, and I know what I like, and that's what I'm going to do. But like anything, I have to bend a little bit here. So I had the famous turtle soup. And there's a special liquid i don't even know really what it's called it looks like bourbon that you have to pour into the turtle soup to give it some better taste some better flow so it kind of breaks things down i don't even know but i followed what i was supposed to do and do you know i ate every last drop of that turtle soup and i have no fucking clue what was inside the turtle (laughs) soup (laughs) i have no idea but i ate it all and if you ask me I would order it again, but I don't know what's in it. Is it, is it actually, so you don't even know if it's actually turtle. I'm pretty sure it's not. Is it in a turtle shell? No, it's in a, in a, in a soup bowl. It, it's Why their the famous thing. Turtle soup. It's what it's called. Okay. And so I, I got it. I ate it all. Um, I'd order it again and I'd recommend if you ever get invited there and you can have some lunch, you have to get it just to say you got it. <laughs> and I promise you won't be disappointed with that. And then, you know, after we finish eating lunch, like everybody else, you go raid the pro shop. And there's everything in there. It's it's a small little, it's not no magical Manasquan River three-story pro shop. It's like a little, it's like a, I, it's not what, dorm rooms look like today but it's like when we went to college it was like one of these little (laughs) dorm rooms that has everything in it every brand you want grayson you want peter millar everything i can't i mean it goes on and on in terms of what there is so i'm looking for what i like i want the logo to stand out i'm i'm looking at head covers you know for my hybrid which i absolutely hate hitting hybrid but i already have my drop podcast driver head cover i got my pinehurst three wood head cover. I was even debating taking the hybrid out, 
but I saw a sweet Pine Valley hybrid head cover that I bought it. And I said to everybody, I guess I got to leave the hybrid in the bag now just because of the, the head cover. <laughs> uh, you know, I got my, I got my polo, you know, and, and, and as the day wraps up, you know, the member had asked the three of us, like, what you guys think? Was it everything you thought of? And I said, listen, I don't know how you would get one negative word from anybody about that place. Every hole is unique. Every hole has its own little, like, take on what that golf course is all about. And it, it was something that, like, one of the, you know, everybody asked me, like, what'd you think, what'd you think? And I said, it was one of those experiences that you just will never forget. Like, I could sit here and tell you hole by hole what I hit, the shots that went on, what the conversation the caddy and I was in, like, I know I'm someone that's always like a planner. I'm always looking ahead. I'm always trying to feel like what's the next thing. But one of the things I just kept reminding myself while I was out there is like, dude, just be present. Live this moment right now because the average person is never going to play Pine Valley. So if I can be present and just take this all in and then I can maybe explain what this whole thing was about, um, that was my goal. For sure, it is that's what they tell you, like for your wedding, right? Like, like make sure you stop, look around, and, and kind of enjoy it, and, and kind of take mental pictures, because it goes by so fast that you're not gonna you're not gonna remember it, right? So that's what yeah. everybody has said yeah. that since the beginning of weddings. So that's good that you were able to take some pictures and, and do that sort of thing. But I hope that you truly took it in, because as as we were talking. I think it was off camera here, off off the podcast, but, like, you may never get to play that place again. You know, Pine Valley is one that you there's – a, there's a pretty good chance you're not playing there again, right? There's a good chance I'm never getting there. So, like, I hope and I'm glad that you enjoyed it as you're going through and kind of absorbed it and took it all in because it is a maybe once-in-a-lifetime experience. Yeah, no doubt, and I think that's – that was kind of what I took out of it. It was like, let's, let's soak it all in. Let's have fun. And, and you know me, I can be a, a, a fucking miserable person out there at times when golf isn't going well. Um, just like a lot of people when you're competitive, you want to play well. But that was one thing I kept trying to remind myself is like, listen, you're going to hit bad shots. You're going to, you know, miss short putts. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to get the best breaks that you ever got, but think about like where you are because you're going to be pissed and you're going to ruin the whole day. Right. So was, that was, were you happy with 82? Like, it sounds like, it sounds like you missed a couple short putts, but like, uh, am I, I happy think with 82? Had, I think if you had signed, if I had said, if you had said going into the gate, Hey, you're going to shoot 82 today. Would you have signed up for that? Would I have signed up for 82? I think knowing how I am, I was, my goal was sub 80. That was my goal going in. And again, I, the hard part is, is being realistic about being sub 80. I was playing terrible coming in. Like my last two rounds were 84, 84, yeah. right? That, that for me, that is not good golf. Okay. Um, then on top of it, I hadn't played. I checked in 20, exactly 20 days prior to being at Pine Valley. So I had to hit a putt. I had to hit a golf shot. I haven't even taken the clubs out in 20 days. So nearly three weeks without playing, mm-hmm. but mentally, I still think I should be able to do that. But the reality is like, 
it's probably not realistic. So if I said 82, like, all right, it was respectful. It was, it was, you didn't embarrass yourself. But I think ideally I would have loved to gone sub 80. Were you the worst in the group? Yep. Wow. So some yep. good, so some good golf in the group. Oh, everybody else was 70s. Wow. Okay. Yeah. There was, there the member is a plus handicap. One of the guests was a plus handicap. And the other guest was, um, his index was 2.1. And mine, mine's 2.6. So even handicap-wise, I was the worst golfer in the group. Okay. Well, that checks out then. How did yeah. that feel? Because that's usually me. How did that feel? Um, <laughs> I like it. I, I, it's a competitive thing. Because now you, you know you're not the best in the group per se by handicap number. So it fuels the fire a little bit more because now you're like, dude, I, I got to play. Like I got to play. I do. And maybe cause it's the position I'm always in. I do like chasing as opposed to being the one who's getting chased, right? Like giving, like if I'm, if I'm playing in a group and, and I'm the best handicap, that's a, maybe cause it's unfamiliar to me, but I also don't, I don't like that or I'm not used to that pressure. I like, I like getting shots because then I know I can kind of play a little more freely. Yeah. Well, we'll play uh, even next time we play. I think the question <laughs> I think the question that everyone wants to know is did you avoid Satan's asshole? The answer is yes. Good. So so on number ten, that's the hole you're referring to. It's a short little par three. It's only probably about a hundred and thirty yards. At least that's where we played it at on. Um, and there was three shots on the green and one shot in the right bunker, which is away from what you're referring to, the, that, that bunker. And that was me. I was the only one who did not hit the green. Um, but I wasn't in that bunker. But when you walked over to that bunker, my oh my, is that thing steep. <laughs> like I don't know you know I'll, I'll I have no idea what steep looks like in terms of like maybe European golf or like where you were or bunker pop bunkers like that like I know what the states looks like in terms of steep like I there was some part of me that kind of wishes I did hit it in there just to see if I could get the goddamn ball out um that's a green but, side bunker right Oh yeah, it's right in front of the green. So if you're so, short, you're in this little like, this little hole. It's yeah. like a, it's like a hole. Like someone like you're at the beach and yeah. someone dug a hole and didn't stop and then kept digging and didn't stop and then there's stairs that go all the way down into this damn thing. Is it the is it the one the road is it next to the to the railroad track? It's as soon as you're walking to ten. It's it's like front right of the green. I just again, I have Google Maps up, and I'm just trying to look, and I, I think this is it, but I don't know where ten is. So, so like I, I'm, I'm gonna show you a picture on my, on my thing. That's kind of like what it looks like. A little. Okay, this has got to be it. Yeah, that's probably that's probably it. There's like a long bunker around the left that kind of goes yes, around the back yes, side to yes, the middle. This yes, is definitely, yes. Yeah. You hear a lot about that, that that's like a, a huge steep. Yeah, yeah that, that was a very, very, it was like that a spot. Where was the pin? Front right. Oh, right behind it. <laughs> yeah. 
one of the guys. At least with your of, shot shape, you're not going like you're aiming at the pin and it's going to draw. So you're yeah. You except been. I, there was no draw. Went straight into the bunker on the right. But one of the guys in the group did hit it past the pin, and it's kind of a two tier green. And he spun it back, and it almost went into the bunker, but oh. got caught up, got caught up in in the rough a little bit there. Um, but yeah, I did avoid it, so Good. I didn't have to go in there. But what we got in the pro, listen, what did we get in the pro got, shop? I got I, I got a, a polo. I went with a Peter Millar polo, um, mainly because I was there was Grayson in there, and that's obviously that that's kind of my brand. But I wanted a polo where the logo stood out, and my issue was on the on the Grayson ones. I didn't think the logo stood out as much as the one in the Peter Millar. So I went with a Peter Millar Pine Valley polo like i said i got the hybrid head cover so now the hybrid just gonna have to stay in the bag just for i guess fucking aesthetics and the looks um <laughs> meanwhile i'd love to get out of that club but um and then i also got a ball marker I, I got a ball marker um not for me one of my one of my dad's friends had you know has a collection of them um and asked me to do him a solid so he said i don't know if i'll ever get there and he that would be my number markers, one huh yeah, and he said that would be my number one ball marker if you wouldn't mind picking me up one. Okay. I said, yeah, no problem. No problem, Bob. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about getting something when you haven't played the course? Now, I know you're not a memorabilia guy, but like... I don't mind the polos. Like when my dad went over to St. Andrews and played, like he brought me back a polo. Like, I'm all for it. You want to give me this shirt? Like, get me a shirt? Like... Obviously, I'll give you the money back for it, like no problem. But like, yeah, I'm all about the polo. I don't need to have played there. Um, it would be polo. cool. It would be cool to say you played there, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you visit special spots, it's kind of a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going into the local muni, like I don't need to pick up a polo there. No. But but the idea, like, if we went out to like Pinehurst again, or if we went to Bandon, or we went to Aaron Hills, like I'd get a. We went to Pebble, like I'd get a polo. Because okay. the reality is I, I'll never probably visit spots like that again. And that's kind of like when I went into the pro shop at Pine Valley, I'm like, the odds of Mike Poro ever being in this pro shop again are probably less than 1%. So like, yes, I'm getting a polo. I'm getting, I, and no offense, I probably could have got more and I probably could have spent longer time in there. Yeah. But I knew it was time to go home. See, I think like, so, you know, I collect golf balls and we'll get into this as we talk about my trip here, but like, I only get a golf ball from where I play. And again, not like a local Muni. Like I'm not, you know, I don't have like a, like a, a shark river golf ball. Like that doesn't, that doesn't. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you one. <laughs> um, you know, I would do a hominy hill one, but that means a little bit more to me now than, you know, hominy used to. That's where the podcast started. So that's the, that's home base there. If I but had like, gotten you a Pine Valley golf ball. I don't know if I display it. Yeah, I get. I I can Just see why not. Though, I, like a polo is different. Like I want like my display case for golf balls is of courses that I've, in played. theory, conquered. But you know, in, <laughs> instead have have played. I've <laughs> been on the property. You. And, conquered yeah. you. <laughs> but, but like, but I can see that point though. Why would I want if 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 your whole thing has always been, I'm um, collecting the golf balls, of special spots I've played. Yeah. How can you put one one on there, regardless of where it is, 
that and I, I never played, played it. Yeah. yeah. Like a polo that. might be a different thing. Like I, I'd wear a polo. But my golf balls are supposed to be places I've played and like special memorabilia. So like if I also get like a poker chip or like a ball marker, I have the golf ball with like the the marker behind it if I happen to get it. So like, but that's, again, that is supposed to be for places I've played. A polo or something like that. That's, I, I would wear, if you had gotten me a Pine Valley polo, I would have worn it. Or a hat or something like that. Yeah, no, sorry, I didn't get you anything. That, no, quite all right, because you know what? Most most polos don't fit anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, all in all, it was a phenomenal day. One I'll never forget. And, you know, I can't I can't thank the, the member enough for extending the invite. And uh, I will put it out there that if you ever need one, you got my number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to extend if you ever need another, you have Mike's number who has my number. So. <laughs> uh. All County Exteriors is a third generation premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business in a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for five years all county exteriors has stood the test of time providing their customers with top quality roofing siding windows and doors they service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions all county exteriors is not just limited to construction they have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Caring Society, Rooster Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior modeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732-370-2780. 2780 for all county exteriors for all your remodeling needs. So listen, let's get into your trip because right. I I know we talked a lot about it leading up and I know there was really no talk of me going to Pine Valley ahead of time because I really didn't want to hype it up as much as 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 your trip because your was a, yours was a trip. Mine was just a, mine was just a day. Let's talk about golfing in Ireland because I saw some of the pictures that you had sent me and I can't lie, the weather looked absolutely phenomenal. And when I think, when I think about crossing the pond, all I think about is like rainy days, overcast skies, but every picture you sent me was the sun was out and it looked pure. Um, you know, I'll get into the golfing aspect and the numbers I saw posted on there um, in a little <laughs> But why don't we talk a little bit about that trip? Yeah, so um, I guess I'll start with the background. I have one of my closest buddies from high school. Uh, he and I actually share a birthday. Uh, a bunch of years ago, moved over to Dublin for, you know, he got, got a job over there. Um, and I haven't been able to go over since he's been over there. Just like life happened, COVID happened, Um so this summer was the first time where I was like, yeah, I can, I can make this work. Um, coming out of COVID, flights were super expensive the last two years. So I, this was the first time where it was like realistically able to, to go over there. So I made it a trip. I bookended it with days in Dublin. Uh, 
you know, I went to the, I went, I did the touristy stuff and this isn't what the podcast is for, but like went to the Jameson distillery, went to the Guinness factory. I did like a bus tour around the city, did some sightseeing. I had 147 Guinnesses, uh, in, in the, the pubs in Dublin. Um, that's it. There's, that's, that was just in one day. And, uh, nice. the, um, that's why you shot 75 that day. <laughs> like I went to the, the famous spots like Temple Bar. There's a bar called Ryan's. So obviously I went there and had a, had a pint. Um, just did that kind of stuff. But I bookended the trip that way. But on the trip, there were 12 of us total. So the, the, my buddy organized it. He did a great job of organizing the organizing and coordinating, really, because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. But we got a uh, we rented like a party bus. Uh, and a driver for us so we could we could kind of go through so we don't have to worry about 12 guys and three or four cars kind of getting all our stuff to and from so everything was kind of one place centralized there like I said I was in uh, a day early a few other people were in before but basically we picked up most of the party at the airport and went right north to the golf course and that first golf course was County Louth golf links or golf club it was really the only true link style course that we played there wasn't a lot of we were on the on the water uh you know it's just directly north of dublin on the water but there really wasn't a lot of like mounds or hills or undulations or anything it was it was really pretty when you think of like true links golf this was the true links golf course that we played whereas the others which i'll get into are on the cliff so you have these big big mounds and um honestly and, and i told you the pictures don't do it justice the, the pictures were were phenomenal they look beautiful but they don't do it justice as to like how big some of the hills are how deep some of the bunkers are so i uh so we'll, we can get into that but so we played county louth it was it was again Absolutely just a beautiful golf course. There wasn't one course that we played that was like, wow, this course really isn't like, we're not going to play this one again. And we may not play, if I go over again, we may not, we may skip some of the courses, but that's just to play other courses and not, not because these courses weren't any good or not because I would, I would send someone back to all of these courses in a hot second. They were amazingly beautiful. Like the views were beautiful. They were well manicured. They were tough but fair um it was it was tremendous and like you said the weather was was great we really got hit with wet rain twice i would say and for all of you that just looked looked at the radio or your phones yes i said wet rain because as as our caddy was telling us at saint patrick's there's two different kinds of rain there's rain which is like that misty rain that they have there. It comes and goes, like you had mentioned. It's what you think of when you think of Ireland, like the weather rolling through. But you're dry within a minute after that stops because the wind is blowing. You're just not, you're not like soaked. You know, it's almost like a top layer of, of wetness. But then there's like the wet rain where you like get soaked and you got to put the rain jacket on. The umbrella's got to come out. Um... Let me tell you, the umbrella, I took the umbrella out once. Most useless thing I ever did. It was, wow, that's a good thing. It was, uh, the, I took the umbrella and, I, and I, I couldn't open it. The wind was so strong, I couldn't open it 
pushing it towards the wind. So I turned around slightly to, to get it open, and the wind just took it and, and upside downed it. You know what I mean? Like when the wind... Mm -hmm. So that was, again, one of the more useless things I've done, I've done in a long time. Uh, and there's a lot of useless things that have happened, but that was, that was pretty useless. But, you know, put the rain jacket on. Uh, you, just, you just try to be, you, you know that it's not going to be a long time. You know, unless it's in the forecast that it's going to sit and linger, there's a big cell coming through. The rain never lasts for more than, uh, honestly, like a hole. Like there was one where it started raining. I hit a drive. I put the rain jacket on, walked to my ball. By the time I got to the green or got up near the green, I, I was able to take the rain jacket off. Now it was still raining, but it was more that like misty rain. And you just kind of want the feel, you know, I don't like playing in a jacket because you feel too, like, constricted. But, yeah, it was, it, it, the, the weather other than two occasions of that was perfect. So anyway, we're, you know, we're at, we're at County Louth, which is on the, on the water, true link style. Uh, I only really, truly know my buddy, his brother, his brother's friend, and their dad is on the trip. And then there's a, there's a few other, like, they have some extended family members uh, who I've met once or twice or some family friends that I've, you know, I've never met. So it's kind of getting to know you game out there. I'll say this here, and I'll probably mention it again. I think when they rate a golf course in Ireland, they don't equate it for the wind. Because, like, County Louth was the toughest course that we played slope and rating-wise. And without the wind... Um, I don't remember offhand what exactly it was, but I remember thinking, like, this course is harder than its slope and rating is. And, I, and when you factor in the wind, you know, there's some holes that are, you know, you're hitting. The, there was a, a par four that I hit driver, three wood. I hit them both really well. I thought I hit the ball pretty well on the, on the trip overall. But I went driver, three wood was still short of the green on just a par four. Um, and that was kind of the thing for the whole trip. There's one at St. Patrick's the next day where I hit a six iron. My, if I'm 180 yards out, I'm going to take my six iron. So, you know, it, that's kind of the distance that it'll go. I hit it 137 on one hole, and the very next hole, I hit it 242. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just, it's just wild when you're talking about the wind. Like, you talk straight into the wind and then straight downhill from the wind. So, um, and at St. Patrick's, we had our, our caddy, Patrick, just, he was just the best. He was mountain goating all over the place. He was, he was the man. Uh, but he's like, yeah, you're going to, that same shot you hit the last hole, hit that again. And it was just like, to go driver six iron on a par five, to get up near the green in two is, is crazy. Um, oh, you're strong like bull. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, the wind is wild. It definitely messes with you a little bit. You definitely are kind of like trying to figure it out because there's some times where you're like, it's really blowing. So you play, you know, I have, the, I have the fade. And so you're like, okay, the wind's going left to right. I got to put this way out to the left. Have my fade, bring it in, and end the wind. And... It was tough. Sometimes it didn't do it, and sometimes it pushed it. Uh, there was one, one shot that I had. I hit a driver, and it moved the ball 
150 yards right to left or left to right I mean I mean it was it was wild some of the wind so like trying to judge that the the wind on top of never playing the courses before not really knowing what's up there that really made it difficult and I think that that's the that's the thing when you take out of the of the courses so going back to the slope and rating I was looking at it and a couple times I I, I thought this we kind of talked about it on the bus as well I think, I think my handicap went up overall because while I thought I played well, each of the times it was like your, your handicap you know, was a 14 at this place. And I was like, I, I, shot, I shot 84 and it went up and I, I played pretty well. And I, again, I think it's because the, the slopes and ratings are, are different over there. I don't know if they don't equate the wind as much, but it was rather... I thought if you had put those courses in America, they would have been more difficult than their than their slope and rating was. If that makes any sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and that was one thing I did notice when I was checking your scores just to see how you were playing and whatnot. I that's one thing I was like, man, either he's playing like the ladies' tee boxes, yeah, or no. things are just different over there because everyone I kept seeing you put in was like sixty seven point eight on a rating or sixty nine point two or sixty six right. and I'm like what is he do I'm like I was gonna text you but I was on vacation too and I wasn't gonna bother you. I was like I was gonna say can you go play the back tees please I'm sick of seeing these numbers. <laughs> now now so that's we didn't play the back tees because there were some people that were there. You know, there's of the whole group there was there were some older guys there. So we didn't we didn't play the back tees. But I do think that like so I'd say that like the the yardage that we played or tried to play was roughly in the sixty five hundred um, range for the f- for the whole time there. So like at St. Patrick's we played the slate. The slate's exactly sixty five hundred. It tops out at just over sixty nine. So it's you know we played the second to back tees and we did that quite a bit. But but yeah, we, we we didn't we didn't tip it out ever, um, except for Critch Island, which really only has one tee box. So, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, that was what you were talking about sending me back. We didn't we didn't play the backs there, not not once did we. And there are some uh, again, like at St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's was beautiful, best course that we that we played. Um, it's the number three ranked course in Ireland. It's the fifty five ranked course in the world. It's only going to get better because it was built in 2019, 2020. Uh, it's, <clears throat> it's going to continue to rise. It was stunning. But there's, but there's points on, on the course where, like, the grass hasn't fully taken yet. So, like, it, it's, it's only going to continue to mature and grow, and it's, it's going to be stunning. But there were some holes where, like, when they want to hold a championship there they can move it back even past the sandstone and have a really, really good, difficult golf course that, that would be over over seven. Um, anyway, so that so County Louth was great. Then we got back on the bus. Um, I bought a golf ball because, you know, that, that's what I was going to do. And then we drove... Uh, it's like a three-hour drive on a bus north to Rossapena, it's called. Um, I believe it's Ireland's only golf resort. 
and um, they just built St. Patrick's Links up there. There's two other courses. There's Sandy Hills, and Old Tom Morris designed the first course up there. So there's Old Tom, Sandy Hills, and St. Patrick's. So we played Old Tom and St. Patrick's. And as I said, nice. St. Patrick's was, was stunning. But it's so new, they don't have a clubhouse, they don't have a driving range. Um, the, the old school. Pro, it's old school. It is. But it's, it's almost like they're still, like I said, it's still maturing. So they haven't built, they know where they're going to build it, but they haven't built it yet. Um, so there's like two, maybe there's three trailers that are, that are nice trailers, but like the pro shop's in a trailer, and then they have a, a trailer bathroom, and slash locker room for men's and women's. And again, it, it was it was beautiful. It it really was. It might be it might be George for me. It might be George Washington on my Mount Rushmore. You said it that was, about North Jersey Country Club. Yeah. And then you can't keep flip flopping. You can't keep flip flopping. We're gonna need to get you to have your Hold on. America. That's not, not flip flopping. It's not flip. It's just like that's every, that's. Uh, it's that's recency adding, I played bias. a new course. It's, it's recency not recency bias. It's, but it's not recency bias. I'm trying not to have it. None of these you other courses. Said, listen, none of these other I ones are a, on I there. A, I needed a Patrick's New Jersey stunning. I need a New Jersey top five. I need a United States top five, and I need a world top five. Then I, I'll tell you what. We'll do both. We'll do all three of those. Good. Send me that because I need to. I, I want to hold you accountable because okay. it can't be every time we play a course it becomes. But it's the best can. of the best. If if I it go, can't. if the next course I play is Mike, the, the you <clears throat> you just played Pine Valley. You telling me that that course doesn't jump onto your list as George Washington on your Mount Rushmore? Listen, you have to be fair and say we can't compare Pine Valley and St. Patrick. I think you can because they're both in the top hundred in the world. We're going to agree to disagree and, with this. Finish. And, your, keep. Uh, let's okay. keep going. But because they're both. This, this they're be, both highly ranked. And I'm telling you, we can get derailed real quickly here. If I go play Augusta tomorrow, right? I'm, Augusta's it, going in that, and I'm just saying except, that a course I haven't exception. played. So it's a. It's an it's exception. It's a live. It's a it's living. It's an exception. It's a what? It's an exception to the rule. You're naming the cream of the crop. But I'm saying if I play a new course and it goes in there, then if, if that's where it falls, that's where it falls. None of the other ones fall in. Does that make you feel better? They were all great. And if you go, you know, on the world, well, I guess I could still count New Jersey and the United States in the world ones. But anyway, St. Patrick's was, was awesome. And I will tell you, we talked about this before. I got made fun of because the Why? relationship that I had with our caddy was second to none. My guy Patrick had me dialed in with numbers. He was finding balls left and right. He was mountain goating all over for, you know, all over the hills there. He was the man. I had such a great time with him. So much so that we had him again in the afternoon at Old Tom when we played 36. So he caddied for me in the morning, and then he four-caddied for my group in the afternoon. He was the and man. Did he, did, did he feel the same way about you? I, I hope so. I don't. I don't know. I would. I don't. I didn't want to get too. Uh, I didn't want to show my cards to him too much. Um, right. But I, I hope he writes me. I hope he. 
I hope he sends me a card. Did you um, give me your Instagram handle? Pat, yeah, we yeah we we exchanged information. He's going to be listening, Patrick. I appreciate uh-huh. you. I had an awesome awesome time, <laughs> and I don't care one bit that I got ridiculed mercilessly uh, on the trip for for how much fun we had out there. So. Um, that so could be an episode for another day. Say <laughs> Patrick's was great. Um, old Tom Morris was was outstanding as well. I will say playing uh, what eighteen thirty six fifty four holes in a span of twenty four hours is a lot of golf. And by the time that Saint that old Tom kind of came around, I think I was I was ready for a break. And ready for like, okay, this is just kind of like, it was really the only time that we started drinking heavily on the golf course. Um, we hit the halfway house and I was like, like I, we gotta, we gotta turn this into you know, some fun. So ran inside with my partner, grabbed, uh, grabbed some beverages and then, and then went back out. But old Tom was great as well. Again, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say like, St. Patrick's was on another level for me. And then all these other courses, except for Critch, which I'll get to in a second, are all terrific. They really were. So anyway, so we drive I will up. Say we this about Saint, I will say this about St. Patrick. Obviously, I saw your videos and I saw the pictures that you put on the folder about that place. That The weather that day looked so pure. Pure is the... So they say this. You ready for this? This is... We can go Ireland. When something's good, they say, oh, that's class. Like, you hit a good shot, be like, oh, class, laddie. <laughs> yeah, that... I mean, the, the, the videos and the pictures I saw from that day specifically, I'm like, wow, that looks... That looks good. Yeah. It was beautiful. And again, I hate how photos of golf courses never do it justice. I really do. So we bus up there two nights at Rossapena. We get up after playing 36 and we go, we're on the northernmost point of the, of Ireland, basically. It doesn't get much north than that. And we're going southwest now. And we play, we stop at a course that claims to be the best nine hole course in the world. And I don't know if that's true, but I've played some nine-hole courses, and this course blows it out of the water as far as nine holes go. Now, that doesn't mean that it was the best. Like, this was, I would say, as far as the golf course itself, this was the, was the least manicured, the least, um, again, just as far as, like, the course itself goes. I don't want to say this is the worst golf course because it was it was still a nice golf course. Like it was, if you look at its nine holes, it was like a. I'd say I'd say like, I'd say like Shark River is a good comparison. It was like as as quote unquote nice as Shark River is. Like it wasn't bad by any means, but it was just not as good as the other ones go. But what Critch Island was was the was the uniqueness of it. So. Again, it's an island in the in the North Atlantic. Um, that once you get on the island, there might be I don't know fifty houses on the island, and the roadway barely fits a golf cart. So it's a, it's it's a two lane road that would that only fits one car going one way, and 
you have to pull over in someone's driveway to let a car through. So actually, while we were heading there, a car was coming at us and had to go in reverse for what felt like a quarter mile before they found someone's driveway that they could reverse into. But it was, it was really unique in that way. And then you get on this, on this island, and it had the best views without a doubt. Uh, the sixth hole there, so it's nine holes, you play it twice. The sixth hole there is, is the most beautiful hole I've played. It was, it was stunning. You're hitting over, over the Atlantic, there's like these caves that are over and you know down to this ravine. You're on the cliffs. You're hitting basically from one cliff to the other. It was it was just stunning. And I know you saw the video I posted on uh, on my personal Instagram. We'll post it on the account as well when we get there. But it was it was beautiful. It really was. Um, there's another hole where you're hitting you're hitting up top right. And then there's a valley, and you're hitting to a higher point, but your drive, you can't see where it goes because it's short enough where you can hit over it, and it kind of goes down. So then you have to go down into the valley and then climb up the mountain again or up the hill again. And as you get to the top of the hill, you walk up, and it's 360 of the Atlantic Ocean. The North Atlantic. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's just, Mike, it's just it's beautiful. It's uh, again. View. It really was, and and the pictures don't do it justice again. But it was just it was just stunning. And the joke was that was the third hole. So then the fourth hole is right behind the green. I'd say dangerously close, to be honest with you. But uh, if if you went over, you kind of walk behind like behind the tee box. You can if you need to go to the bathroom, you could you know take a leak, you know to the side of the cliff there. The most majestic leak you'll ever take in your life. <laughs> um, but Critch was, was, again, super cool. This was really neat. So you, you, you pull up there, and the pro shop is, it says, please check in at the bar. There's a sign out front there. So it's this one room, uh, all-inclusive. There's the bar. The bartender is the bartender. He's the pro shop manager. He's the ranger. He's the starter. He's the, probably the head pro. Like, there's just, there's one room where the bar is where you check in for the golf there. And it was really, really interesting, really cool. Um, Jack of all trades. Yeah, he really is. It's, it's a no-frills kind of, like, super, super unique experience. Again, I don't know if I would ever go to Critch Island again. I certainly would if I was in the area. And, and if you're going and you're planning a trip... Go over there. Critch was amazing. But it's not, it's not like you're going for the golf course, right? You go to St. Patrick's for the golf course. Critch, you're going for the views. And the uniqueness of, like, you have this tiny island that's, that's in the middle of the North Atlantic that's got these amazing, amazing views. It was, it was stunning. It really was. Um, so we play 18. We kind of go around twice. And then we get back on the bus and we head, continue to head southwest and we head to Sligo Town uh, where we stay over, had a great dinner. It was a nice steak dinner. That was our first like big, big meal dinner. And then we play Ross's Point, which is the, um, my friend's an international member there, which is you know cool. So he can go back anytime. A lot of those places have that where you're, you're, it's a certain amount of money 
for the rest of your life, you're a member there. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a unique thing. So we played Sligo, and it was, it was awesome. I, I, would, I would think Sligo was my second favorite of the courses that I played there. Um, it might be tied with Old Tom as, as like 2 and 2A, two if you want to go that way. But Sligo was, was beautiful. It had this, I think it was the 12th hole. Um, a great, a great par 5, par 4. Was it my approach? But either way, you have, you kind of go, your approach to the green is kind of downhill. And there's a lighthouse in the distance. So you got the flag lined up with the lighthouse. It was just, it was a beautiful view. Lighthouse in the middle of the ocean there. It was, it was awesome. It really was, was a great view there. Uh, and actually, the match we were playing, we were playing a skins match, that, that one. And when you see my Ryan's verse for Sligo, it's, it's really a pretty good one. And know that I won four skins on that, on that and I'll leave it there for you. But Sligo was tremendous, and we stayed over again. We got up the next day. Um, we take the bus. Now we're going straight west across the island, which you can kind of uh, – I'll probably post a picture somewhere of, like, the places we played. Um, but then you go straight west, out to Carn. Carn's uh, rather famous. The, the last two are, are, I would say, the rather famous because the no-laying-up guys – uh, did their did a video series and those two courses were in the videos. Um, Karn was was great. The rumor is that they use no machines in building the course; that it's just all natural. Uh, and you can tell it, it honestly, Mike. It looks like they just sent a herd of sheep out there, and they they <laughs> ate their way to make a fairway and a green. I mean, you're just you're in these. Cliffs, hills, uh, it's it's the mounds. It's it was really, it was the most natural of all the courses. It it looked the most natural, and it was it was beautiful. It really was. I was disappointed though because I was dealing with a with a calf injury before I went out there. I was you know Doctor Mike was was working me out. I felt pretty good, but by the time we'd now walked all these courses. And, uh, you know, my, my, I was limping a little bit and then I was in, I hurt my leg on the seventh hole. Um, my left foot was above my right foot and my toes were above my, my heel. And as I hit the shot and came through and straightened my leg, I felt like a pop in my calf, which wasn't good. Um, so brought the golf cart out. I played another couple holes. I think it was like the 11th hole I, I decided to. I think I played 10 and, and went in after 10 um, and kind of, you know, went in. I iced uh, and I took a golf cart the next day. Uh, we played, so Karn has 27 holes, so played the next, uh, played the next day in a golf cart, but um, didn't, didn't play all that great. You know, kind of knocked it around a little bit on that next day. Just, it was tough moving from my right side to my left side. But, you know, back to Dr. Mike. We're going to try to work it out, try to get the game dialed in again. But um, I was disappointed not to, not to be able to play Karn at least one full time, you know, on as healthy as I could have been. Because, it, it, again, it really looks, really looks beautiful. Again, natural, 
rolling hills. Um, you know, it was it was really beautiful. And then that's where we get our guests from for today. We're going to have Jerry Maguire on. Jerry's the, the general manager for, for Karn, so we're going to talk to him. Uh, Gotta love that name. Today. Gotta so, love that name. I, I kept saying in the email chain, I was like, he's my ambassador of Quan. <laughs> such a greedy, just such a great name. Yeah. P- really people are going to see that. People are going to see that and be like, who the hell? What do you mean? <laughs> well, these guys got Jerry Maguire? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> So uh, it it was it was an incredible trip, and then after Carn, you know, back in the back in the bus, head to head back to Dublin, and again, Mike, just like the countryside. So there's no there's no like road like highways in Ireland. There's like three or four that are like kind of like parkway kind of roads. Other than that, they don't have shoulders on their roads. So you're going through like these small town like the countryside's lovely, but it was. There's like houses that have like sheep grazing in the front yard or like cow and cows in the backyard. I mean, it's, it's, it's wild to see the countryside there. So it was, again, as you said with Pine Valley, I I run out of adjectives to explain how awesome, amazing the trip was. I, I feel so fortunate to be able to go on it. I feel like, uh, and I said it with, um, I said it to the group, and in, in, in you know, as we were leaving there, I, I, f- I feel like you know, you go as as strangers with some people, and you, you kind of come back as family, you know, kind of like when you're in a band, you're bonded for life. Same thing, you know. My first golf trip to Ireland, I, I feel like, I feel like those memories will last a lifetime, and it was it was truly amazing. Um, and I know I said it. If if any of them are listening, guys, I really I can't tell you how how amazing that trip was and thank you so much for having me for for organizing it for being the commissioner for everything that there uh that happened on the trip it was it was truly special so um thank you guys and i love you and that kind of wraps up my trip mike yeah you're making me envious that i'm ready to go on a golf trip right now <laughs> you know like uh, you know i talk about the the single days of playing and one day here one day there but I think I think like a lot of things, nothing beats a guy's golf trip, you know. And and it's, I know we you know, when you go on golf trips like that, you have all different types of people. You got the golf junkies, you got the social people, you got the guys that you know, you know, get after it more so than others. Um, but I, you know, I I love the idea of going on a golf trip, and it's a golf trip. Yeah. Like you're there, you're playing golf, like. I don't need all the extra festivities that go along with it. Like people want to do it. They want, that's good. Go for them. Like I'd go to bed um, yeah. and just be ready to go the next day, which is fine. And was, and I think that's what sounds like you kind of had there is like you guys were able to, if you wanted to go out, you could, if you want to go to sleep, you go to sleep. But yeah. at the end of the day, we all know we are waking up and, and teeing it up. That's, that's exactly what it was. Like after dinner, we'd go to the hotel bar, have a couple drinks. And then, and then it was, you know, hey, we're going to head to bed because it is a golf trip. We're here to play golf and have fun. Not like we weren't, but like on the golf course, we weren't really drinking. But then we got on the bus, like Irish whiskey's going around. And, and you know, if, if you want to partake, you can. But it wasn't, it wasn't like a heavy drinking trip. It was a, it was a golf-specific trip. And, um, and like you said, there was really only one night uh, that they went out into, into town, a carn. And or or Bell Mullet, I guess, is the the name of the town. Um, 
that we kind of kind of went out in after dinner. There's another little spot. Actually, this place is really cool. So this story is interesting. So we're out in Sligo Town. We're at this bar called Austies, and Austies is is this like typical little Ireland pub, Irish pub that there is, and it was it was just like tight, small. The people are so friendly. You're getting pints. You know, passing them left and right, and there's a guy there who was there the last time the, the crew was there, and they met this guy, and he ends up, they make a bet on the Ryder Cup. So there is currently 40 euros behind the bar at Austies, and if the U.S. wins, then the guy who made the bet, you know, is, is going to get paid out. If the if the Europeans win, then you know he's got the money over there already. But they got they got a bet on the on the Ryder Cup, and there's there's shirts involved. There's you know videos that are gonna happen. So pretty cool that like there's there's a bet behind the bar at Austies right now that'll get paid out for the end of the month. Um, but just in like uh, hey, we're having a whole lot of pints, having fun. We're gonna we're gonna talk talk some smack. It was really really pretty cool, really pretty fun. No, that sounds but great. That sounds if you're great. in Sligo Town, Austies is a good a good spot. It's really the only spot there wasn't. It was a very small town. I think they said there's 800 people in in Ross's Point. Oh um, wow! So that's why we stayed in Sligo, which is like the like kind of like a little bit down. You know, probably took 15 minutes to get to the get to the course. But yeah, truly an amazing, amazing, amazing experience, and and it was you know one I'll never forget. Well, back back to the native land. Yeah, back to the real world. So, so that's gonna be it for us. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this little recap. If you're planning on on a trip, you know, again, I recommend all of these places I played in Ireland. Um, Mike, I think you recommend Pine Valley if anyone has the opportunity to go play it. <laughs> um, we're gonna send you now to the interview with Jerry McGuire. Again, Jerry is the general manager of Carn. Uh, golf links he made his first podcast debut with the no laying up guys i don't know if this is his second but it certainly could be um jerry's awesome he's he's an old irish guy he's got a great story uh, i don't want to give any spoilers but uh here's our interview with jerry mcguire my ambassador of Quan. enjoy All right, so today's guest is Jerry McGuire from Carn Golf Links. Uh, he is the chairman of uh, the organization that runs Carn Golf Links. If I'm not mistaken, Jerry, you can always you can always uh, correct me um, if you if you'd like. Uh, he works very closely with a woman named Fiona, who is the general manager, and together they are. Uh, Kind of the, the two-headed monster that runs uh, a tremendous golf golf course, 27 holes in Belmullet, Ireland. Uh, I had the the unbelievable pleasure of meeting him when I was over there. Jerry, thanks for thanks for spending a couple minutes with me here. My pleasure, Ryan. Yeah, I'm chairman of a, a not-for-profit company here called Eris Tourism, uh, who operate the golf course on behalf of the community. So we're a community-owned golf course. We're not a member-owned golf course. Indeed, the only uh, members we have, believe it or not, are international members, of which we have about 170, made up of Americans, Canadians, 
uh, the UK and Europe. So um, we're a bit unusual in terms of structure, but everything that happens here goes back into the community or back into the golf course. Um, so it's it's a as I say an unusual structure, but a very great a great structure really. Yeah, and uh, that you know it we're, we're we're charged I suppose with bringing tourism to Belmullet, the town of Belmullet, which has a population of about two thousand people, about ten thousand in the hinterland. And our job is to try and get as many golfers in as we possibly can, uh, which in turn, of course, uh, is great for the local economy here in Belmullet and indeed the wider economy in the region, of, in the Mayo region, which is one of the 32 counties in Ireland. Yeah, so I actually, I want to start there. Um, it was it was such a cute little town, Belmullet, uh, um, or Belmullet. It was, it was really... Uh a quaint town very cool experience to be there it felt like um it felt like a traditional like when coming from america it felt like a traditional irish um town you know you're, you're driving in the in uh and you see sheep grazing in the fields there and you kind of get to that downtown little circle area there that was that was just like a, a cute little town we went to a nice irish pub that night and it was uh it was just like um as as an American, it's kind of what I envisioned there. Um, but I noticed when I was there that the townspeople call it Bell Mullet Golf Club, but I've referred to it as Carn. Is there a is there a reason that is, or is that because the town kind of runs the golf course? What's the what's the back behind there? Well, the the, the golf course is called Carn Golf Links, which is what it was from the very beginning back in the when we started to build it back in 1985. There is a local golf club here who used to be to play their golf down the peninsula called Belmullet Golf Club. And they play under license to us here. They have an hour playing rights in the morning and the evening, and they play their their, their competitions here. Um, we can override that hour if we need to, if we have sufficient uh, visitors to, to, to play golf. Uh, and we need that hour, we can do that. But they they don't have any say in the running of the course. They're just Belmullet Golf Club. They're the golf club from the town of Belmullet. But they have no say in the running of Cairn Golf Links other than to play their golf there. So it does create a little bit of confusion But um, for, for visitors to understand that. But that's the reason behind it. Yeah, it was it was interesting when we were when we were at dinner uh, or you know talking to people in town. We had said, oh, you know, we're here, you know, we're we're playing Carn, and they said, oh, I love Belmont, and just like how they interacted the words, it was just mm -hmm. it was interesting that I, I didn't know if there was like if Carn was like the international title and it had like a like a local title or something like that. It was yeah, it was no, it is the see. international title, but it's also the domestic title as well. I mean, uh, in Ireland, I suppose. Um, for quite a while, up to about 2017, we weren't that much on the map, both uh, overseas and indeed at home. And it's only really, um, you know, we were only doing about 2,000 rounds in 2017 before our general manager arrived. And between her great skills in social media, uh, the No Laying Up guys who visited us uh, back in May of 19 and Tom Coyne's book, uh, they all helped to uh, improve our numbers. And our numbers went from about, we, we were really unsustainable back in 2017 before we took Fiona on as a manager. And we were, you know, we, we were looking at the place and saying, can this really, can we keep this place going? Because we hadn't enough numbers in it and we were both extremely worried. 
But um, between a combination of things, as I say, the no laying up guys, we would have done anything to get our rounds up from 2000 to 6019. And in November 19, when they released their podcast, which was all about Karen, and they used wonderful language, which is true about, I've never felt more connected to the air from that type of thing. Our numbers started to increase, and by the end of December, our numbers had gone up close to 5,000. Uh, we went across to the PGA show in Florida in January of 20, and we were saying, we, or we heard about this COVID thing in, over in Asia, and we said, well, that's never going to come to Ireland or the States, but of course, the inevitable <laughs> happened, and we, we, had bought, we had bought carpet, and we filled our shop. For the first time, we were able to do things on the strength of what was going to come in, and suddenly we were in a new place and we were delighted with ourselves after many, many years of really suffering and sleepless nights. And of course, those 5,000, no sooner did they come in the window when they were gone back out the window because they never took place because people couldn't travel. So we were in a worse situation then because we have we had all our stuff bought with, but unpaid for. And as you know, in Ireland, um, the... the, the we were closed for 17 months out of, out of 24 months. So that put terrible pressure on us. And luckily enough, at the time, Tom Coyne, who wrote the book, of course, called Ireland, which I'd recommend to anybody to read. He rang here and he said, would you do a diary and see, let us know what COVID is going to do to um, a remote west of Ireland coast. Because we are remote. It's sort of destination golf out here, but worth it. And we did that. And uh, he put it out on his podcast. And unprompted at the time, he said, you must help Karen out in their time of need and uh, maybe buy a bit of merch in the shop or buy a few green fees or maybe even buy a life membership. And we couldn't believe the response to that from all over the world. It was a, just an extraordinary response, so much so that we hadn't even got our shop online. But Fiona quickly managed that. And uh, within uh, a number of months, we had about 150,000 between merchandise sales and life membership. And really, that's what saved Karen at the end of the day. And thanks be to God, all those bookings that were there pre-COVID all came through after COVID. Our domestic market improved because domestically, the domestic people who went to Portugal, Spain, they couldn't travel. So they found places at home like Karen. And now I'm glad to say that last year brought those 2,000 rounds back in 2018. Taking account of the fact that 17 months we didn't trade, we were got 12,500 rounds of golf here last year, visitor rounds of golf, which wow. is an extraordinary turnaround. Thanks, as I say, to Fiona and the team here because they've worked very hard. And at last, we're now on the world map, I think. We're number 11 in Ireland going places. Uh, it's allowed us to invest in the course. It's allowed us to invest in our, in, our, in the clubhouse upstairs, the, the locker rooms up and down, the ladies' restrooms and the men's restrooms upstairs, our caviers, and really the place is falling apart. I'm glad to say now that we're very, very presentable and the course is getting what it, what it, what it deserves to get because... It's the most incredible golf course that I have, I've ever seen. I'm not saying that because I'm involved here. I was, I'm not from the area. I came here just purely to help out. The golf course is really the holy ground of golf for me. It's each hole to its own valleys. You feel like you're, as you've seen yourself, Ryan, when you were here, 
you almost feel that you're on your own golf course. You don't see anybody else because of the height of the extraordinary dunes. It's so it's, true. Uh, yeah, I mean, you couldn't man-make what's here. And it's just, as a cardiologist, a cardiologist recently described to me when I met him out in the golf course, he said, this is just a spiritual place, he said. You have to experience If you're going out with stuff in your head out there, it'll be gone by the time you come back. So you mentioned about Belmullet. Belmullet is the most welcoming place I've ever met. I mean, that's why I'm here today. Uh, I just, the people are so welcoming. That pub down, McDonald's pub in town, they call it the lobster pot. Once Mm -hmm. you get in, you can't get out. And uh, (laughs) how many nights have I known that? But it's just, it, the town goes with the golf course and they're so welcoming and so appreciative of the golfers who come and then in turn go into town and spend a few bob whether it's eating or drinking or spending a night overnight. So everybody is very grateful. But as I say, without our international visitors, um, it wouldn't be the same. We had our first ever international week in last May. We had 130 golfers from uh, mostly Canada and and. Uh, America and what a blast of a week and they all went home as a family that week because the town embraced them, the golf club embraced them and they embraced each other and by popular demand we're doing it again next year even though we're going to do it every second year so yeah sometimes we have to pinch ourselves here with the success it's been incredible and we just make sure that we keep our foot on the pedal because we want to make sure that you know, we appreciated the few people who used to come into the car park back in 17. And now we appreciate all those who come in and we would give them the best day that they could possibly have a car. Yeah, it's it was really, like you said, it was a special experience to to feel like you were out on the course. Uh, I know that, that there were other people. The parking lot was, was full that day that I played there, both days, and didn't see another person you know, you could barely see the group in front of you or behind you at times and not for slow play or anything like that, just because hmm. you really feel like you're, like you said, you're on your own on the golf course because the dunes are so high. It's so, it's so natural feeling that I, I've described it as, it just seems like when they built the course, they sent a bunch of sheep down the fairway and the sheep kind of molded the, the fairway and then that's what they cut now I mean it's it's very very natural there and I it's it's unique to any of the courses that we played on the trip there and I think that that's that's telling to what you're what you're saying that it's a very it's a very unique experience there yeah well of course what happened was uh, back in 1985 there were sheep grazing on it and they probably did mold out the fairway <laughs> uh, there were, there were... <laughs> There were 15 farmers. It was all commonage land that was out here. And uh, in fairness to five great business people in the town, they came out and said, I wonder could we make a golf course out there which would bring some form of tourism into Belmullet. And they had great foresight. And Eddie Hackett was a genius of a golf course designer. And when he came, he said, it's already there. And that's why it's so natural today because he wouldn't allow any machinery in when they were, when they were, uh, when they were building the golf course. And what they did was they brought in a lot of people on schemes, scheme workers here. So there was 12, 14 scheme workers with spades and shovels. And that's the way it's been. And that's the way today, even with money today, we will not touch the, and change the, the rokenness and the natural energy of the place. Because that's what's the, the way formative for all our visitors. 
and they don't want us to change it. And uh, even though we see little things ourselves begin to make it less natural, and we won't do that. So it's um, it's a great old story. It's um, it is destination golf, where because of our, I suppose, our newfound fame, I suppose, for want of better words, we're now building or uh, in the throes of uh, meeting with architects to build 10 high-end links cottages, four bedrooms, which we would hope to be up and running by early or late 26, because that's what people have requested now. And uh, that's a, a new project on, on, the, on, the, on the mat, along with a new driving range. We have an adjacent airstrip here to the golf course and we're just putting in for planning permission to put in a, a driving range and really to bring Karen up and hopefully to host. Uh, we, As you know, we've had the Irish PGA Championship for the last three years. We would now hope to go on and perhaps host a Legends Tour event and maybe an Irish Open after that. So, look, it's all happened in a very short space of time. It's, as I say, we, we pinch ourselves today because... Uh, I know both of us uh, not too long ago had to put our hands in our pocket to pay the wages. And from where it is then to where it is now uh, is just extraordinary, really. And it's thanks to the likes of yourself, the Tom Coins, the No Letting Up, the Chasing Scratch, who have all been here and really given it number one because of its uniqueness and because of its rawness and ruggedness. Well, I appreciate you putting us in the same the same uh, vein as the no laying up guys, but I think they're slightly bigger than we are. But uh, uh, you guys certainly are on this rocket ship, you know uh, that that's exploded, as you said in 2018, having 2,000 rounds to to having 12,000 last year. Um, where is that? Where is that going for you? Do you see that? Uh, obviously, you see it continuing to grow. Is there a is there a top out that you that you see, or is it just we're gonna we're gonna keep going and we're gonna keep molding as we need to? Well, we're very comfortable with twelve and a half thousand rounds of golf with our three nines because we can spread the field very quickly, and uh, because a lot of people want to play hackers and a lot of other people want to play the wide advantage. So we can manage that uh, very easily on a day to day basis at particular times. So 12,500 over 27 holes isn't huge. That said, if we got up to 15,000 rounds of golf, we would know to happen, is that we don't lose the charm of feeling like it's your own golf course. We don't want to be people on top of one another or people chasing what's in front of them and being chased from behind. I think that would lose the whole magic of charm. So we will stop it as soon as we see there's any danger of that. But I don't foresee that happening in the in the very near future. I think yeah, you could actually do twenty thousand rounds of golf here quite comfortably with the three nines. Um, whether we need that or not at the end of the day is another day's work. But certainly we've come so quickly to get twelve and a half. I think probably if we were doing fifteen a year, I don't think Fiona or myself or indeed the management committee here or the board would be too unhappy with that. I think they'd be able to do a lot of work with 15 <laughs> I think you'd sign up for that pretty quickly, yeah. <laughs> I want to do it, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, now, Jerry, you, you talked to, when I was there, you told us a story about how you got to Bell Mullet. What's your, what's your kind of background? You know, we've talked about the course and Eddie Hackett, 1985, and kind of its more recent success. But how did, how did you get to Bell Mullet? You're not originally from there. What's your, what's your story? 
Well, my story was I worked in Dublin with the, the main bus company in Dublin, four and a half thousand bus drivers and about 12 trade unions. I had that for 35 years. Um, Quite an intense type of job, you know, if the buses in Dublin stopped, the world stopped. And of course, it was got a lot of media attention. So I was involved a lot in change management, really, for those 35 years. I retired early. I had a holiday home in Belmullet. Um, I always remember the night I arrived in Belmullet, I said to my wife, I said, we're never doing this journey again. And uh, my friend who invited my friend, who's my great friend now, who invited me down that time, he was chairman here. Um, he almost knew, he handed a glass of whiskey. It's a bit like the hospitality you talked about in Belmullet when I arrived and his wife cooked a lovely dinner. And we went down to the lobster pot and we got a free pint down there. And suddenly Belmullet became a whole new place for me in the space of a few hours. And when I came out the following morning and saw the golf course, I couldn't believe how good it was. And at the same time, I was aware from him over the years, the subsequent years, that was back in 2000. I didn't retire till 2011. I was aware from him how bad things were and how, how no visitors were coming. And there were days in the car park where we'd have beautiful days today where there'd be only three people in the car park on a, and having a magnificent golf course they asked me to get involved and uh, we did that and we made a few early changes we created a management team and uh, obviously at that time it wasn't really managed on a day-to-day -day basis there was no general manager in because they hadn't got the finances to put a general manager in but really it needed a general manager and we needed to take the the risk of doing that because and it would pay for itself. So we got the best general manager in the country, and um, that's why we are we are where we are today. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's like you said. I, I so I don't know if you know this, but I actually I was dealing with a a little bit of a, a calf injury going on the trip, and I yeah. heard it on my first round at Carn. Um, I felt like a pop. I had to go inside. I had to. I had to ice down. So I didn't get to fully experience the the whole twenty seven holes. But to your point, the whole the course itself, the town, it's so it's so welcoming that that as you said, you 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 and your wife came there and you're like, we're not going back. And it it's really has that feel of like, yeah, it's 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 super welcoming, super. Um, you know, I'm, I'm running out of adjectives to describe it because it is such a special, special place that you can totally see it once you get there. That like, wow, this is a, this is a heaven on earth kind of place. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, I reckon I live ten years longer for living in Belmullet and playing golf in Curran. <laughs> you know, it's that the air is beautiful. It's as that cardiologist wife said to me. She said, "Could you bottle the air?" And she was from a beautiful part of Ireland, so. She obviously thought there was something different up here. But, yeah, I mean, the 27 holes are all great holes. There's not a bad hole amongst them. Um, you know, no matter where I go, I still come back to Cairn. I Except love, for I that love... second hole. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That has ruined a lot of golf court, a lot of golf cards. Even though it's a short hole, but you have to play it. A lot of, a lot of Cairn is... Um, as I tell many of our visitors, short and low and straight is lovely. Because yeah. we're not a long golf course. We're quite short, actually, against many other ones. And we're very, very playable. 
for all for all groups and all handicaps. It's all you just need to be doing is not to be trying to kill the ball and put it into a doing that you never see it again. Our fairways are very, very fair. Our golf courses are extremely fair. So, you know, it's a little bit hilly at times for some people and we have plenty of buggies to, to cater for that. So all around, I don't think there's anybody who I've ever met have come in off the course of Cairn who haven't had a great day out. And even if they haven't played great golf, they just said they enjoyed it tremendously well and once and will look and will certainly come back. Yeah. No, Jerry, to to like to my point, I only played ten holes the first day and seven of them like I, I got hurt on the seventh hole with, with how I was standing and, and that's a story for another day, but it was still an amazing, amazing experience. Not even being able to finish it and, and I'm um, itching to get back. I, I I want. I'd like some revenge, of course, but I'd also like some, you know. To it was just. It was so beautiful for those for those holes to not even finish. I'm, I feel so um, deprived. Yeah, <laughs> deprived a little bit for sure. But mm -hmm. I, I it was. I could see how special it was, and didn't even finish the round. And it was, and and we played the other side the the next day, and I I had a buggy out there. Um, for those listening in America, buggy is a golf cart. That in in Ireland they call them buggies, not golf carts. But um, but yeah, it was it. It's very. It wasn't. Um, I don't want to say it was like a difficult walk or anything like that. It's certainly hilly, but it's you, you come in from it, and and I I came back into the into the bar. Like I said, I, I had to grab some ice, and even I was just like, this place is unbelievable. And I didn't even get to finish it, so so it was. It really is, to your point, an an, an incredible, incredible place. Yeah, I just. I mean, I'm always amazed uh, how how it took so long to really put it on the map, and um, I obviously the skills of Fiona and the team here um, has made the difference, and that's really this the podcast made a great difference great gave them great support to do that and you know we've won awards now on the way and it's um yeah I, as i say we have to keep pinching ourselves yeah but the one thing is we work very hard you know we we're very very much uh if one or other of us isn't here we always are here to make sure we meet and greet and have a chat with with all our visitors because we put a lot of emphasis on that and it's because of the, the hospitality in Belmullet, it becomes very natural. If you live here, you automatically slot into that, that position. And, you know, um, I think it's one of the things that people enjoy to be able to have a chat and to spend a little bit of time with them. It's good for us too. It stops, all, it stops us doing emails all day and gets us away from the desk. So we enjoy that immensely too and hearing all the stories and you know, we've we've invitations all over the world at this stage, which we'd love to take up. Maybe if we ever get a chance to retire, but <laughs> people that correspond with us, we get beautiful letters from everybody. We never get a bad review. I think, um, thanks be to God, and I hope we never will. And we work hard to make sure we don't. So yeah, great story, very unique, um, and long may it continue. Yeah, and because as you said, it it is a destination. So it is. If you don't know about it, you don't you don't really get a, a chance to see it because it's not a, near anything so it, it took some time and and again i guess you know the digital age and social media to to bring it out so you guys have done a yeah. nice job with that the last thing that i thought was super interesting was the flags that you guys have outside um 
Can you tell us about those, those flags there that you have flying? Well, the flags flying are the uh, Irish flag, the American flag, and the EU flag. They're the three flags. And obviously, uh, we're going to add to that. We only put those poles up last year. So we have to obviously put in there. We have a lot of Canadian members now. They have to go in. And we have a few Asian members will have to go in. So we have to cover the world at some stage. So we will get around to that in the next um, the next year or two. So a lot of our Canadian members, uh, we've promised them that it will definitely be up next uh, next May. When, next we back <laughs> when it comes back for International Week. Yeah. Is, are, they up, sorry, are they up all the time? Or are they... Are no, they... because in the winter here, and when you get the storms here in January and February, we're very playable all the way up to Christmas, quite mild weather. Today is absolutely a stunning day outside, and I promise like that for the rest of the week. But once January and um, February, we just make sure there's nothing up that's left up that can be torn with the wind. So yeah. We leave them up as long as we can, but once the winter comes in, it's, it's really they just get destroyed. Yeah, very very cool. We we noticed that you may need a new American flag as well while we were there. We may yeah, have to we may yeah. have to send you one from America. <laughs> <laughs> it's already ordered. Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, again, so the the last thing, Jerry, is. Um, you know, to, to your point about how much it's gotten played, uh, I need to know when you guys get more stuff in because I try to get a golf ball from every golf course that I play and you guys were out of logo golf balls. So to your point about how, how much turnover you've had recently, the, the, you're out of logo golf balls. So let me know when they're back in so I can order one from the website. We'll make sure that you get one, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah look, look, we... we uh... No more than anything, we're learning ourselves on the way with 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 uh, the newfound numbers that's coming here. You know, um, Fiona bought about double the amount of merchandise this year, and I said to myself about two months ago that uh, we'll never get rid of all that stuff this year, and we're now at the stage where there's barely anything left. So that's a good thing in one way because you know our season is really from April to October. Really, after October, we don't see too many. So we will be we'll be stockless by the end of October, which is great, and then we get all our new stock in in March again. So we'll make sure to get a couple of logo bolts over. To That'd be great. I also got my corn hat. Oh, I lovely! Got my yeah. wool hat. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I needed it that day. It was super windy. <laughs> yeah, we we got a batch in the other day, and they're going out like hotcakes. I can tell you for the winter. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me. I really appreciate it. As as we said, it's you got a special, special place there, and uh, I hope nothing but the best for you. And I can't wait to uh, to get out there again, hopefully sooner than later. You're very welcome, Ryan. Anytime. Thanks All a right. million. You're welcome. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Thanks again. Bye bye. Bye bye.